Back with the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, 711. Uh, you can find me online. Just email me, bishoponair at gmail.com. And when Facebook is up, you can find me there. Just search out Bishop on Air. Apparently, Twitter might survive the apocalypse because they were still up yesterday. Uh, so you can find me there as well, Bishop on Air. Just search Bishop on Air and you'll be able to find it. Uh, joining us right now here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, State Representative Blaine Wilhauer. He's down in Beecher City. A couple of things to tackle here on the air this morning. Representative, thanks for taking time. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Greg. Thanks for taking the time with me. And thanks for doing it early in the morning. I got a lot of work to do today. <laughs> it's uh, The show starts at 6 o'clock every morning. Uh, so uh, I get a lot <laughs> of my work done early uh, while everybody else goes on throughout the rest of the day. So I appreciate it. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, yesterday, the governor was asked about uh, the mask mandates, and uh, he really couldn't give a benchmark as to when uh, we'll have the statewide universal mask mandate lifted in, in inside buildings, even for those who are vaccinated, uh, let alone the school mask mandate that's still in place uh, per his order. Um, we're one of 11 states with a universal mask mandate and one of 17 with mask mandates in schools. What's the compliance rate been like down in your area? Um, as far as the schools go, the, the compliance rate ever since the governor's really put his heavy hand down inside the schools has been has been pretty good. There are a few down here that are that are still holding back on it and but but the thing is you know the governor doesn't want to give benchmarks or he doesn't want to give anything hard and fast because if you do that with it comes the necessary transparency and the necessary accountability and he'd have a real check on his power at that point and um, that's something that he hasn't been interested in in the last 19 or, or 20 months you know and and really greg even if he did you know, people are to the point, especially in our part of the world, that even if he did um, put some benchmark in there, um, people would disregard it because he would just disregard it if it became more politically expedient for, for, for him to just move the benchmark like he's done so many times. I think that um, down here and and across the state, we're more interested in keeping the governor and his, you know, and his unelected bureaucrats in the agency inside the limits of their of their authority and you know until enough people uh stand up and and demand that that's going to be pretty tough because you, you and i both know the the um the feckless legislature in in the in the state of illinois and its current current composition has been more than happy to just sit on the sidelines and and, and watch this and, and you know our local governments have largely allowed themselves to be to be threatened and and, and coerced into into submission, basically against their will. So you know, it's good to see that uh, that a couple of schools locally here on the public side are are taking the governor to, to task in, throughout the legal process on this. Well, uh, let's let's talk about this week, that. Hopefully, yeah, let's talk about that because uh, Friday, uh, Attorney Thomas Devore, on behalf of three public schools, filed a lawsuit against the Illinois State Board of Education. Uh, about being on probation. This follows uh, Parkview Christian Academy, I believe up in Kendall County, uh, securing a uh, an order from a court that said that uh, their um, recognition status had to be restored immediately after having it immediately revoked by the, school, uh, the State Board of Education uh, for not following mask mandates. Uh, but now we have three public schools that are suing uh, about their probation status. Uh, tell us about Beecher City. What's uh, the sentiment from that school district? 
Yeah, uh, Beecher City is my is my hometown here. They're one of three that are on the lawsuit. It's Beecher City, Cowden Herrick, which is the adjoining school here. They actually have a sports co-op with Beecher City and uh, and Red Hill over in in Lawrence County. And you know, our our thing is is down here is that um, we don't believe that the the governor and his agencies have this authority to usurp our our local control. And when we believe that the agencies are out of line, as the court system um, has said in Kendall County, like you said, it's a little bit different for a private school, but it's the it's the same argument. They were still outside of their authority on on recognition status. You can't you can't change somebody's recognition status unless they are in clear violation of a law. Um, there is no law for the mask mandate. And, um, you know, the things that the governor points at in his executive order for his enforcement authority, and namely the Emergency Management Agency Act, clearly and specifically has no enforcement mechanisms outside of what's in current statute. So we're sitting here in a situation where our, our local control has been completely circumvented. These agencies are running completely wild. They're just, they're, they're making up rules. I mean, you know, several school districts down here, several individuals um, have, have filed lawsuit um, against these districts on the mass mandate, and they've won using the modified quarantine um, part of the Public Health Act. And, you know, what do they do again in that situation? They don't go to the legislature to, um, to change the law or do anything else. These agencies just change it. They just arbitrarily change it unilaterally. That's not how our system works. And it's a very, very responsible thing what these districts that are standing up are doing, because we're setting a major precedent for how things how things are handled um, moving forward. We can't just let these agencies run wild. If you are if you're a local school district and you believe that your your authority has been circumvented, like almost every school district in the state of Illinois believes at their core, then it's the it's the right and responsible thing to do to go through the proper legal process, which they are doing. Um, that's why we have the three branches of government. Like I said, the legislative branch has been completely worthless. The executive branch is out of control. So our only recourse is the judicial branch. And, you know, and, and what that's going to do is that's going to provide clarity on the law one way or another. We need clarity. And it's a responsible thing that, that these districts um, are, are pursuing that avenue. And I, I support them 100 percent. We're talking with State Representative Blaine Wilhauer here on the WMAY morning news feed at 718. Uh, and Representative, uh, you talked about uh, the, the lack of action in the legislature. Uh, we've seen, what, 650-plus bills, a massive energy proposal brought forward, uh, two different measures for maps. Uh, those are pretty complicated. You've got congressional maps that are coming up for uh, the uh, the fall veto session. Uh, do you anticipate anything along the lines of uh, dealing with you know the, the these orders? or dealing with, uh, for instance, the Health Care Right of Conscience Act? What are you hearing is going to be brought up other than congressional maps uh, for fall veto session? Well, we've definitely heard some things about the Health Care Right of Conscience Act. Again, that's um, that's a legal statute that's been put in place and the, the people are effectively using to, to some extent, especially teachers and um, you know folks like that, to assert their individual liberty, their statutorial, their statutorial individual liberty. Um, you know, so anytime that these agencies come, their power, their unilateral power comes under threat, 
they just go try to change things. And, you know, that's um, not really how, how this thing's supposed to work, but at least I, I guess they'll maybe go through the legislature on, on that one. But, uh, you know, you talk about the energy bill and you talk about, you know, a lot of these other big things that, that happen in Springfield. And I think you can draw a direct line to the things that people prioritize in Springfield are things that the lobbying class, the, the political class thinks are important. You know, and, and one of my big things in, in going to Springfield is regular folks. They need a, they need some uh, lobbying. They need some power. They need some clout in Springfield. You know, too many politicians are are, you know, bought and paid for by the by the lobbying class. Look at the look at the energy bill. You know, every every one of the the major lobbyists and the special interest groups and everybody else, they got their cut out of that thing. And all the regular taxpayers in the state of Illinois get to pay for it you know, over the, over, over their whole lifetime here. So that's, uh, that, that's, that is ultimately the biggest, biggest problem in Springfield. Nobody speaks for regular folks, you know, these teachers unions and everybody else that got, they've got a lot of power, but students don't have any, you know, local school boards don't have any. And that's, that's, that's what we're trying to change. And that's why we're fighting this stuff for the precedence that it sets for the future. If you allow this thing, if you allow these agencies to run wild, it'll never stop. Representative, uh, what about uh, something I, I I heard early in the pandemic, but I haven't really heard much since, uh, even though some Republicans at the state house have filed legislation to uh, address the issue. But it's something that, uh, you know, business leaders and uh, even some in, in the public sector, like public schools, for instance, may be looking for, and that's uh, liability protection for COVID-19. I mean, this is obviously something that uh, not even, uh, you know, the, the likes of big government can seem to stem, even with all the various policies they've tried to put into place, right? We saw, uh, you know, upward swings, downward swings, upward swings, downward swings, even with or without mask mandates. Um, of right. course, we're on a downward trajectory now, but um, liability protection, why is that not really been an issue uh, as something that uh, lawmakers are, are evaluating, even, even let alone just holding hearings to, to understand the issue? Yeah, I mean that would be helpful if the if the legislature did weigh in on that. I think you know the the on the the U.S. Senate they were weighing in on it at one point in time, but the um, you know power dynamic changed a, a little bit there. But the thing is, it's it's pretty hard to be held liable for um, for basically um, defying something that is not a law. You know, that's the, ultimately the that's what it comes right down to. Can somebody be held uh, personally liable or a business be held liable for um, for breaking an executive order that has no power of law and has no no enforcement behind it? And as far as, you know, um, the COVID-19 stuff goes, it, it would be completely impossible to prove beyond any any doubt that, um, you know, somebody picked up a highly transmission transmissible disease in in one location never in the history of wor the world has somebody been sued successfully for for contracting a highly transmissible disease in a public space so the 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 bar is very high on that that's a, another thing that a lot of people lean back on as a as an excuse just to do the easy thing and comply you know we've seen all these bars and restaurants 
uh, down here that um, the, that asserted their their rightful authority, and they they remained in business throughout the the uh, first several months of the of the pandemic, and in no situation was anybody able to be um, held criminally responsible for anything or or um, civilly responsible for anything because the bar is just so high on yeah. that. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, real quick here, back to um, you know the issue of the uh, the public schools that are suing including uh, one in beecher city um what what i guess i react to those who are saying that uh, all of these these tax dollars for schools for covid relief are tied to uh mask mandates and you know possible vaccine mandate or other covid 19 type policies surely you've seen these viral videos of school board hearings and we heard some of it last night in springfield um you know are you concerned that uh, beecher city uh could lose funding if they don't follow these covid policies well, number one, Beecher City had a had a um, a pretty good board for for a long time, and they're in a pretty good uh, financial situation as far as a small public school district goes. But I think it's larger than that, uh, Greg. Like I said, you know, it's uh, we're we're setting precedents for how how things are going to be handled in the future and what we're going to allow from these from these uh, unelected bureaucrats and these agencies that are just putting down their iron fist you know yeah they they can make some things hard for you you know um the, the biggest thing that they can do is hold hold some funding over your head but in the in the long term i think that we're doing the best thing for the for the education system in the state of illinois which on the public side is completely completely broken and um these these folks need pushback and uh, you know i'm just happy that um the some of these boards um had the had the foresight and the intestinal fortitude to to actually do it and you know i know that there's a lot of other districts out there that are that are um cheering them on We'll keep a close eye on it. Uh, State Representative Blaine Wilhauer, greatly appreciate you taking the time with us this morning on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Good to be here, Greg. Thank you.